Room for Two, episode 37, Wearing a Little Flower as a Hat. Welcome to Shroom for Two, the Plants vs. Zombies Heroes podcast with everything you need to know for Game 4 of the NBA Finals, because from our perspective, Game 3 has totally happened. I'm Mike. And I'm Taylor. I don't know how LeBron is going to top what he did in Game 3. I mean, can you believe it? I can't. Yeah, he just killed all those people. I'm not qualified to freestyle jokes about LeBron. Real quick, I want to give you my LeBron theory because I, I want to get this on the record somewhere in case it does actually happen. Okay. Is this is this about uh, LeBron being like extra Jesus if uh, Colin Kaepernick is regular Jesus? No, but more on that some other time. No, this is about all of the teams that he plays for and if he's going to leave Cleveland and where he goes. So, so far, LeBron has played for a team in Ohio and a team in Florida. And there's rumors pointing him to teams in California and Pennsylvania. And what do all of those states have in common? Electoral swing states. LeBron is paving the way to run for president in some future election based on playing basketball for the home team of all of these big swing states. That is where we're going with this. That'd be quite a thing. I even I feel like I even saw a thing on like Sports Center where like Will Ferrell was telling LeBron to run for president or something. Did I hallucinate that? I can't tell anymore. That sounds totally plausible and also completely made up. But let's talk about a quote unquote sport we're a little more qualified to talk about. Namely, Plants vs. Zombies Heroes, where the tournament is still going underway. And you've uh, you've completed your third round, haven't you? I did, yeah. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday. Last night was the changeover from round two to three. I, I played my round two match at the very end, right before the deadline, and then I uh, turned around and played a day, day game after a night game, just like a real athlete, and uh, won four games earlier today. So uh, shout out to listeners... Um, Iodine and Luchin for being worthy opponents. Yeah, whereas I uh, played my round two last night and got absolutely pasted by Briar Rose, probably one of the nastiest beatings I've ever gotten from anybody. So congrats on listener time to split for totally ripping me a new one. You're still in the loser bracket, so it's not over for you yet. That's right, and I'm uh, playing against, I think, one of the tournament officiators, uh, someone whose Discord handle is Band in Modern, which is funny. Uh, I think that might be Dingo Suavez. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, you'll find out at some future time, maybe even in just a few moments from now, how I did in that match. Hey, this is Taylor from the future. I got pasted by Briar Rose again, so I'm out of the tournament. Good luck to everybody that's left. So there's something that I kind of want to talk about, just that I've noticed a lot from the games I've been playing. And it's a kind of block meter randomness, but not the regular block meter randomness that everyone talks about. It's more about the superpower distribution. Okay. Okay, so in Hearthstone, there's a card called Animal Companion, which is a three-mana hunter card and very core to the class. When you play it, it will summon randomly one of three creatures. And based off what creature you get, that might tell the tide for how the rest of the game is going to go. Like, if you get the one who can attack right away, you might win before your opponent can do anything. Or if you get the one who can defend at the right moment, that'll help. And... It feels like every time I get a superpower, it's that same kind of pull the slot machine, see which one you're going to get, and maybe it'll be the awesome one that saves you, or it'll be one that you can't use right now, and that will determine how the rest of the game goes. Okay, I'm with you so far. Yeah, and just noticing the pattern of, oh man, I'm totally screwed if my opponent has this one superpower. 
Yeah, there's definitely um, the hero's ultimate superpowers are not on the same power level uh, plane. So, like, you know, you think about Grass Knuckles' superpower, potentially a three for one, or even just like a two for one that deals them two to the face or something. That's like extremely good. Whereas something like Chompzilla or Rose is only ever going to be a one for one. And even then, it's like kind of restricted in where you can target it. That there are definitely like swingy moments that come from the superpowers like so something that i've noticed on that angle um for i've been playing a bunch of immorticia lately and superpowers that you can't use unless there's a very specific thing going on are way way worse than the ones you can be proactive with so for example the destroy a damaged plant draw card i forget what that's called but you know that very frequently if that's in my opening hand um i am on a poor footing at the start of the game compared to a plant whose whose opening superpower is like draw two cards or you know one of the good ultimates kind of thing. I think that that speaks to the the goodness of the different heroes is like how many proactive versus reactive superpowers you've got in the mix. I guess once you see it happen enough times with enough different heroes, either from making their field fully deadly or getting the smashes destroy anything with less than four attack or even getting burned by a summon in the fourth lane you didn't think you'd have to worry about. It makes me wonder, like, if any kind of randomness change were made to the block meter, would it actually be different in any noticeable way? Right, okay, so I'm I'm with you there, that I, I think that the, um, the swinginess that people complain about in the Reddit that people ascribe to the block meter really doesn't have as much to do with the block meter as people might think, you know, like not blocking a thing that would kill you or, or vice versa is something that looks like it's the decider of a game when really the superpower that you draw deciding the course of the game is actually the culprit that makes you lose. And so, you know, flattening out the power level of the superpowers or maybe, you know, guaranteeing you, one of two superpowers in your opening hand, and then, you know, the rest of them are, are in the mix off the block meter. I don't know. I mean, I think that the fewer rules that the superpowers have, the better, in terms of, like, how you get them. I don't know. I What, what do you think about that? I thought about, okay, what if you could customize the order you got the superpowers in and yeah that sounds like a really cool idea for about 10 seconds and then you realize oh wait everyone would just play solar flare or huge giganticus or infinity because those are the ones where if you get them on turn one you're you're in a different stratosphere just like in the driver's seat yeah um yeah i mean that's definitely a thing to consider um i would think also that that would be like probably an intimidating factor to new players you know like all of a sudden you're making a bunch of decisions about how the game is going to go before it even starts and maybe that like wouldn't end up being too different than just regular deck building decisions but i could see that being like a weird like extra thinky moment that a new player could find kind of exclusionary yeah it kind of feels like a like a sort of hidden thing that you have to unlock at some point, like, when you start out a game, you can't even mulligan your opening hand anymore. That is something that you have to unlock by doing a quest. And mm. uh, prioritizing your superpower sounds like a long-term goal for that. But uh, uh, last week on the subreddit, there was a thread about, okay, what about what if the block meter was never gonna give you the same number twice in a row? So you can't roll double threes or double ones anymore, but you could roll things in between that. If that would be a more favorable kind of fake randomness compared to the random randomness of the 
block meter we got now. Did you see that? I didn't see that, but that's an interesting idea. Um, having there just be kind of an invisible way that the block meter behaves is, I guess, maybe the least offensive suggestion that I've heard on that front. I mean, I think that just talking about the concept of mulligans, being able to mulligan your opening superpower, I think might go a long way towards smoothing out people's complaints about swinginess, you know, like that it would give just give you two chances at the good one or like a chance to throw away the bad one. And you could still get the same one. But, you know, you get two rolls of the dice instead of one. Hmm. Maybe that's something to to consider. Hmm. That, that, that's interesting. Um, I think that was everything I wanted to say about it. Just I noticed it a lot in my tournament games and I, I would show you, but I'm going to hold off until the tournament's over until I upload any more of my fight matches lest I give away too many of my secrets. Right. Um, I have found uh, several people so far that listen to the show in our uh, in the, the people that I've been matched up with, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, one of the new subscribers we got on the YouTube page was uh, Iodine, who I just faced in a previous round. So uh, thank you and welcome. Yeah, one of, one of my... Um, I, I played a game for funsies against the band in modern character who I have now learned is not Dingo Suavez. So sorry. But uh, I said, Hey, have you heard about room for two? I'm one of the guys on the show. And he's like, Oh yeah, you're Mike. Right. Cause my name on the discord is Taylor. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so good, good goofs. All right. Time for this week's card of the week. Uh, and we got a good one right now. We got the high voltage current. It is a one-mana, one-one berry plant in the Kabloom class. It gets plus one attack when another berry does damage, and when you play it, you conjure a berry. What do you think about this one, Mike? Uh, This card is incredible. I was very late to the party on it because I didn't come around to berry decks until relatively recently, but this is great. Being a one-cost creature that draws you a card is rule of thumb pretty good like this is as good as a lot of the cosmic cards out there yeah it's basically the cosmic berry there's a lot of really good combos of this with dino roar if you're playing either combustible with bananasaurus or with the the raptors or with uh triceratops like having a one a one cost thing that will proc a dino roar is great uh this combos really well with the other berry stuff so like strawberry and every time you play a berry you get a charge for that you get you get up to three charges off Strawberryian. It count like if Strawberryian deals one to three creatures, that counts as three hits for the for the current. Yeah, this is the card's a little misleading because it's a one cost card, so you think of it as something that you play in the early game. But it has a whole bunch of potential as a super fragile combo finisher if you're able to do a bunch of crazy berry stuff with things like sour grapes and the Strawberryian, providing you can keep a one health thing alive. For sure, and it's 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 good to it's. Being a one cost helps to enable that by being able to be played in the same turn. And uh, the other thing about that is Conjure a Berry is, you know, a very high power level pool of cards to draw from. So, you know, you can get one of the best burn spells in the game, the two mana deal three. You can get a bunch of pushed creatures at basically every cost. So there's good twos, there's good three, there's a good two, there's a good three, there's a good four, there's a great four, in fact. Um, And, you know, going all the way up to, you know, the Grapes of Wrath. Um, at seven, which is an excellent finisher. I mean, hell, you can even get Cherry Bomb, the the six mana deal four here and next door, which is just like completely ridiculous. When that is all packed into a card that is still like totally fine as just to turn one play, um, especially to block something like a Zombology Teacher or a uh, Disco Knot. Now, um, you got a recipe for an A plus. And uh, the the Berry Pool 
is noticeable in that there's no one cost one one creature like a lot of the other tribes have, like your flowers That's and right. your nut and your bean. The worst card you can get is the the grape responsibility that'll double a plant's health and that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, that is a totally fine freebie card to have. You know, you can turn your Sergeant Strongberry into a 4-8, and you can you can use it as another proc for your, uh, for your Strawberryan. Looking at the pool, there's like, yeah, there's a few cards that I would put at, like, Stinker tier that, you know, uh, Berry Angry, the Savage Roar, pretty much doesn't do anything when you don't have a board. I can imagine plenty of games where, like, a Wild Berry isn't going to do anything. Or, you know, like you need a high attack thing and you end up with something like a hibernating berry. Or, or um, you don't live long enough to play something like Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, it's a pretty pretty stocked field. You know, the um, Shelf Mushroom is extremely good as a board control mechanism. Even Bluesberry, like, you know, while being kind of expensive, is like a fine way to just do a little bit of stuff on the board. You can even get an environment off it. You can get grapes or, or uh, Planet of the Grapes. So, yeah, this is this is good stuff here. I had a little bit of a dilemma on the free-to-play account because uh, the, my 10x hero on that account this week is Captain Combustible, who I do not have. And I thought really hard about buying him and decided, no, I'm going to buy a multi-pack instead. And I got a really crappy multi-pack, so I guess that is my, my punishment for deciding wrong this time. But I'm still probably going to try and grind four of them out. I was able to grind out four Sunshrooms last week with only a 5x, so it's possible. Oh, and also my free-to-play run, the season ended, of course. And I was able to get up to rank 44 before I was uh, cut off by the deadline. That's pretty damn good for your first season as a free-to-play account. I'm really surprised, yeah. There's still a lot of win-a-game, lose-a-game, win-a-game, lose-a-game, but uh, making progress. Uh, if I had another week, I might have been able to get to ultimate, but it was it was getting really difficult. Like There was a lot of games where I quickly realized I was outmatched, or if my field got cleared once, I was behind and never going to make it up. But uh, I have found that Squash is not a bad card to use in this meta because of all the Garg-throwing Gargs out there. So mm. I might have to think about putting that in some, some of my uh, full-price solar decks. Anyway, that's uh, High Voltage Current. Yeah, great card. It is time for another installment of Tribe Talk. And in honor of Taylor getting waxed in the tournament by a Briar Rose, we're going to talk about flowers this week. Yeah, flowers uh, have a lot going on. They are in every class, uh, most notably concentrated in solar. That Solar has, you know, a, a handful more than any other class. But uh, everybody gets them. Um, Megagrow only has a few, but uh, flowers are definitely like a primary creature type for everything going on on the plant side. There are definitely a lot of flowers in this game, and uh, a lot of things that you wouldn't think of as flowers, but maybe they have a tiny flower on them somewhere, like Forget-Me-Nut right. and Galactic Cactus. Talking about it before we started recording, I think Soul Patch is the most non-flower-looking thing to me. Like, he's got hair, which looks kind of flowerish, maybe? But, like, I can't really think of whatever he's supposed to be. Like, I, it doesn't look like a any plant I've ever seen that has a flower on it. Yeah, some of these know. flowers are not flowers as much as they're wearing a little flower as a hat. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the, so the the reason that that's important, um, because there are plenty of other creatures that just have random tribe, like basically as flavor text, is that Briar Rose, everybody's favorite card they love to hate, the 4-mana 3-4 legendary solar card that says when a zombie hurts a flower, destroy that zombie, uh, means that randomly being a flower is actually like a major mechanical advantage. Yeah, it is a huge 
boost in in usage because uh, Briar Rose is in pretty much every high end solar deck, and uh, a bunch of the cards that give you sun are also flowers. I think that the Flower Tribe has a a little bit of the issue that the Brainy class for zombies do, in that plant and flower are almost synonyms in the way right. that zombie and brain have a whole bunch of association with each other. So it feels like a flower is kind of the first place the mind will go to when designing a new plant, and there's a lot of ways to make them look really artistically different. So uh, mm-hmm. props to the artists for this game and uh, for PVC and PVZ2 for having to go to work and make flowers every day, and they all look pretty different, which is admirable, because like, you could just draw the same little stick figure sunflower for everything and just fill in the, the colors. But no, these are distinctive, different-looking things, and I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And as as a consequence for that, you know, kind of like broad graphical identity, um, there is like pretty much if there's a mechanical concept on the plant side in PVZ Heroes that there's a flower that does it. So, you know, in the solar class, you have concentrated a lot of the core things of that class. So producing sun, having strike through, uh, there's a lot of team up stuff. That's a flower. Um, Healing. But healing yes um and then so you go to pretty much every other class and whatever that class is like core concept is there's a flower that does it so like there's flowers with bullseye in guardian and flowers that keep you alive there's flowers that buff their attack and do random things in kabloom you know mega grow doesn't get a ton but they've got you know the the thing that gives you untrickable is a flower and lily of the valley one of the best cards ever at least for a while is a flower and then Smarty just kind of does all kinds of stuff. So they've got a board clear. They've got the freezing stuff. They've got go nuts is like a tribal build around me. Um, all that sort of thing. Even if you're not doing a Briar Rose things, a lot of these cards are just really good to run anyways. Like Forget Me Nut and Fireweed, Lily and Umbrella Leaf, as we were talking about. A lot of power level at low rarities too. So like Cosmic Flower is like definitely something that will do some good stuff for you in an early game context and of course we've talked extensively about snowdrop and the whole freezing concept a lot of that stuff is concentrated at lower rarity and the um the main payoff card the snowdrop itself is in base basic so every player gets it we probably should have the does briar rose need nerfed talk yeah um so does briar rose need to be nerfed um it's possible it's definitely extremely good probably on rate one of the best cards in the game as far as what you're getting like that power is like it's not like basically all your flowers have deadly it's like all your flowers are like suicide bombers and so that is it's very excellent at taking a game where you're losing and turning it into a game where you're winning it also notably hoses a lot of zombie mechanics so like frenzy for example you can have like a a million million creature with frenzy and have you know a zero one flower and like you won't get your bonus attack from frenzy because briar rose will kill your thing so like it's just tactically slots into a very powerful place and the fact that it's creature type casts such a wide net just means that it has that much more synergy definitely creates a a lot of balance in the high-end combat between plants and zombies it feels like a a very strong counter to deadly and freezing shenanigans and other things that the zombie hero can do i don't know i feel like if if that were to go away if briar rose were to change in a way that made it way less playable that feels like it would be a really big win for the zombies because, sure. you know, like you said, frenzy. The the biggest way to shut down frenzy is make whatever little wimp they attack into kill it automatically. Like, I think there is definitely 
something to that, I guess, thorns mechanic, because, like, that's the whole idea. So Briar Rose is covered in really prickly thorns that'll literally kill you if you touch them or any of its friends. Yeah, that's the flavor text. You mess with the rose, you get the thorns, which I think is also a Breakfast Club reference. Yeah, so Sorry, it's, it, it's got everything going on. I could see, rather than the mana cost getting changed, because with all of the ramp out there, I don't think that is really that much of a solution. Like, it still Agreed. follows a turn two Twin Sunflower. But um, maybe, like, I could I could see the Briar Rose itself being changed and having that effect reeled in to not affect every flower on the field anymore. And maybe just this plant and anything else in this lane all get deadly thorns. And then maybe we see a couple more flowers with the thorn ability or other ways to introduce that thorns on a on a smaller, like, closer to barrel of barrels sort of sense. Yeah, so the bar would have to be pretty high for finding a change for this card because, like, you know, it would need to thematically fit, it would need to actually mechanically make a dent in its utility, and it would need to not make everyone who spent their sparks or money on getting this card feel like they got screwed. I don't think that I would go for, like, change the card to only affect its own lane. I would maybe say, like... Maybe treat it like prickly pear, where it's like prickly pear when it gets hurt, it deals four to the zombie that hurt it, where it would be like when a zombie hurts a flower, deal it three or something like that, where it would like it wouldn't kill, you know, a nurse garg, but it would kill like a random dinky thing. Um, You know, like I think that that might you like you take away the death touch thing and instead just give it a little bit of like targeted damage, which isn't really something that the solar class does. But like, you know, I feel like if we are going to change Briar Rose, then we might have to accept a little bit of mechanical bleed. Oh man, thinking about the taking away the death touch and doing damage instead, it just makes me even more afraid of Garg throwing Garg. <laughs> just like, yeah. oh man, you thought you were safe, not anymore. Any kind of fundamental change to Briar Rose, I think, would really shake things up in the zombies' favor. And like, I I would hope that if Briar Rose does get nerfed, it comes alongside some more plant content to help them in other ways. At that kind of, there's nothing I can do against a deadly slot. Right. So I think for that reason, if you need to tamp down the power level of Briar Rose, you'd be better suited by trying to print some zombie cards that match up well against it. So something like a trick, like a trick that hurts flowers, for example, it would be or like, you know, two mana deal four to a plant or something like that. Like, you know, some kind of equivalent of like banana bomb, but you like a little bit beefier and like surgically targeted to hit Briar Rose. Um, you know, like two mana deal four to a plant might be a little too wide ranging. Maybe two mana deal four to a flower. That would be like pretty much signposting it as saying like <laughs> kill Briar Rose. But uh, but we were just saying that flowers are all over the place, and so it's not like you'd be too narrow. It's not like kill target card named Briar Rose. You know, like that. There, it's probably like um the fact that it's a legend. Like you know, just look at how how reticent they've been to nerf Valkyrie, even though Valkyrie was like totally tearing everything up. Um, you know, that like is the bar for changing a legend would be probably pretty high. So I would err on the side of of like, let's see if we can make new cards that put Briar Rose in a more acceptable place. It also has the baggage that uh, Valkyrie had of formerly being a super rare once upon a time. And, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, it used to be a six cost creature that nobody cared about because it was too slow and expensive. And then when they decided, hey, we should find one of these cards and make it a legendary. That is how they they buffed Briar Rose up. And, I don't know, it, it feels a lot harder to sell making a card rarer and then making it worse, which I think is also some of why Valkyrie itself didn't get nerfed. 
that rarity change thing can't cast cast too long a shadow though you know i mean like yeah they did that yeah that's kind of not cool but i don't think that that should be part of the the contract of between the players and the developers of this game forever like that it's treating that as like one reason that those cards should be inviolate is <laughs> violet yeah, right, sure. That's that's like a flower trick that gives something untrickable. I don't know. But anyway, you see what I'm saying. Like, the, there's some resistance to nerfing this card because it's a legendary. I don't think that the rarity shift needs to add on to that. Um, and I think that because it's a legendary, um, it probably would be better suited by, like, kind of printing some cards that go after it rather than trying to tamp it down. Okay, so, like, Knockout was printed. The hardy three-cost trick that kills everything with three attack or less in that lane and that you know is also kind of anti pine clone deck but also works on a a briar rose and a sunflower in front of it yeah i mean i think that i mean a big a big way that you get your ass kicked by briar rose is by not saving mana to kill briar rose so like if you have like a bunch like a spend all your brains on a on a bunch of dudes um that just happen to be gonna trample over some flowers and then they're like lane four, Briar Rose, you lose now. Um, you know, like that's the way that you get killed by it. And so there's some amount of player skill in like knowing that okay, they could have Briar Rose and need to play around this Definitely. is is gonna be a part of it. Um and I think that just like knockout maybe like some some other spell that that hits a thing with four health, you know, like would give people sufficient tools to be able to play around it. Final mission still has that going for it. It is still a sacrifice your creature, kill a briar rose, and that's not a terrible very, use of it. Very, very true. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the test of playing a solar hero aspect to it. I earlier today in my tournament fight I was playing against a wall knight and I was the smash and I got kill a guy with four attacker less superpower in my opening hand. And I realized, okay, I am only allowed to use this card to kill a Briar Rose unless I'm literally going to die from something else. Like, I have to hold this card until a Briar Rose comes out to the point where I'm, like, black hole rolling, rolling stoning their uh, their power flower and, and doing all this stuff to show that I don't have it and make them think that I don't have it. And then, literally, the turn I had lethal, they throw out Poppin' Poppy's Briar Rose, and I smash the Briar Rose and frenzy through all their stuff and win. That's a pretty sick play. Yeah, I was really happy with it. Like it was that kind of like it probably felt like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They 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 thought I had healing for sure. It was like turn twelve, turn ten. That kind of self discipline of of playing the card game and knowing the matchup well and knowing okay, I might have to go through multiple briar roses if I want to win. I I should have something ready for that, even if it's deadly. Still works really well. Deadly mm-hmm. strike through. Deadly your barrel of dead beards there's definitely a lot of totally unfair things the zombie hero can do to a briar rose but like without that i think the zombies would roll over a lot of plant stuff agreed thinking about the tournament i wonder like now i'm curious about a tournament that banned specific classes of cards like instead of doing the hero ban it was just like a okay i'm banning solar i'm and i'm banning brainy or or whatever like that. Like, hopefully in yeah. the future we can see a tournament shaped like that. That would be neat. All right, so time for crafting recommendations. Uh, we are not going to suggest Briar Rose because we just spent all that time talking about it, and it's really good, and you should make it. But uh, if we were going to pick a card besides Briar Rose, I would pick Old Standby Galactic Cactus. 
one mana 2-2 two, two with Bullseye in the Guardian class, Cactus, Flower, Plant. Uh, and when destroyed, you do one damage to everything. Um, super awesome build around me to enable all kinds of fun things and is just an excellent way to get some damage on your opponent without using the block meter. Uh, if you want more information, go and listen to basically any episode of our show where you hear us talk about Galactic Cactus. Yeah, early on we spent a lot of time talking about how much we like Beta Caratina, and pretty much all of those decks had a cactus in it. Definitely a big supporter here. But the card I'm going to go with is the Elderberry, which is not really thought of as a flower card, but it is wearing a little flower hat. Uh, the 4 cost, 2-4 with Strike Through, and when you evolve it, it gets 3 attacks, so it becomes a 4 cost, 5-4 with Strike Through, and that is insane. That is so good. Like, compared to the other stuff with Strike Through, you get, like, most of them cap out at 3. Being able to do 5, like, that is something that only a Legendary can also do, and this is just a rare. For sure. I made this card very recently on my free-to-play account. It was the... The first non-common I allowed myself to splurge on, and it's great. It does everything I want to out of that strike-through swarmy deck I talked about last week, and you can use it to evolve your old little tokens, you know, any little puff shrooms, whatever. They suddenly become five attack strike-through things. A wonderful play on turn four. If you get any kind of doing any kind of ramping, you can then turn your sunflower into the elderberry, which is a great use of a token. Not thought of in, like, a flower deck as included with Briar Rose, but still an incredibly solid card. Yeah, also does not really depict a flower in the card art in the collection, but when you zoom in, you realize that it's wearing a flower as a hat. Yeah, and also, it's a Colossal Fossil card, and you're probably not going to be buying Colossal Fossil packs until you have a pretty good collection. So it's okay to make the later ones, just craft those, and then you just have them. Yeah, 250 Sparks is a very reasonable target. That's like two packs worth of jank. Yeah. So, uh, one last thing before we're done here. Based on my talking last week, I went ahead and I set up a Periscope account for Shroom for Two called Shroom for Two, all spelt out, no spaces or anything. And this Sunday, let's say around 2 p.m. Eastern, I am going to Periscope me playing the free-to-play account. I'm about level 31 now. I, But yeah, if you want to see me play the free-to-play account... And uh, look at my, my, my crummy laptop and my, my computer crying to run Knox Emulator and hopefully not crashing too much on uh, Sunday. So two days from this coming out at 2 p.m., go and check out the Shroom for Two Periscope. I'm saying this like this so I also don't forget to do it because like, I'm, I'm giving myself some homework on the spot here. So like I still got to go out and buy a tiny little tripod. But uh, hopefully Sunday I will have that done and ready to go. Cool, and you're just going to, like, point the camera at the computer screen, basically? I think so, yeah. Um, I'm probably going to try and have some microphone support in some way, but I don't know how well that's going to work since it's going off of the microphone on my phone instead of using the USB one I'm using right now. So we'll see how the quality is. It'll be very uh, very touch-and-go, especially from the first time, but uh, hopefully it'll be something that our fans want to check out. 2 p.m. Cool. on Sunday. Cool, good on you for putting that together. Uh, well, yeah, but that was not good. Okay, <clears throat> so if you would like to ask a question on Shroom for Two, you can send an email to shroomfor2podcast at gmail.com, uh, and uh, you can also check us out on YouTube at Shroom for Two Podcast, where you'll see a bunch of videos of Mike winning tournaments and stuff. And uh, and what else? Uh, shroomfor2.com for all of our old episodes and older deck recipes that we still need to update. Um, I've been doing those now, so now oh, cool. um, new new, uh, new decks are going in that mix. 
Oh yeah. Also, um, I unlocked Wall Knight on the free to play account and made a little cheeky zero attack deck in honor of the Sunshroom from last week and uh, getting Spine Apple to start with. And that card, that deck's not very good, but it was pretty fun. Cool. Well, hey, that's that's something that we didn't uh, bring up in the Sunshroom discussion. I think is that you know new players doing a Spine Apple thing, they're going to be able to make that happen. I've gotten a lot more out of that card than I ever thought I would a week from from now. What Sun Sunshroom or Spine Apple? Sunshroom, like that. That card has been doing demonstrably better than the than the Twin Sunflower did. Fits in well at home, and you know if you turn it into a one four with Buff Shroom, that's not bad. Cool. Well, I'm glad that we, we don't know what we're talking about. Uh, but until next week, when we'll hopefully know more about what we're talking about, uh, I've been Taylor, and I've been Mike. Have a good week, everybody. Warriors and four. Try not to record any more podcasts on your way through the parking lot.